out in faith and do things that require faith and to attempt things for God and for others in this world that could only come to success if God is part of it. And so we've been uh, daring to do some things in faith. I mean, maybe some of you, you've been considering daring some things and you've been building up to it. Well, I hope that maybe even today something that is said or something that you experience in the service will tip you over the edge and, and you'll take some of those steps of faith that you've been thinking about along the way. But this morning, I'm, I've got some, a little bit of backup in this morning. I've got a couple of guys who I've asked to join me on this Sunday and talk about this idea of uh, planting in faith, planting a seed in faith. Um, the Bible talks about the principle of sowing and reaping. And those are old-fashioned words for planting and harvesting. And that um, God has called us to plant and then in faith believe that he will bring about a harvest. And so I'm going to invite my two guests who, are, who I'm going to uh, have a little bit of banter back and forth with. So Doug Siguko and Ron Francis, would you give them a great big welcome this morning? You lost your glasses? Oh, no. No, they're there back. Look at that. Way to go, Jerry. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you guys both up here. I, uh, I originally asked these guys up here because I said, you know, I want there to be three wise men up here. But then I realized, you know, maybe there's only two and a half wise men. And is that a show? Two and a half wise men? I'm not sure. Anyhow, and then I was talking to Doug this morning just before the service, and he said, I'm not comfortable with wise men. How about just wise guys? So we have downgraded this considerably since we started planning from three wise men to two and a half wise guys. Anyhow, um, yeah, I'm excited that you guys have come to join us. I don't know if, if they'll give much introduction. Uh, I'll give a quick, tiny one. Um, I've known Douglas Sickleco for many years. Uh, he's served lots of different roles in serving Jesus through the years. Probably two of the more notable ones is he was, um, went as a missionary to Central America, and he's also been a pastor in Canada. And then here at Hillcrest, he served for many years. Actually, he was our facility manager for many years as well. And he's got lots of, uh, his, I think, all of his kids in the church and all of his and, and grandkids and stuff like that. So he's... So that's a bit about Doug. He can say more about himself if he's got more to add. And Ron has been a part of Hillcrest Church from way back, all the way, in fact, he's one of the, from one of the families who can trace their lineage back to the Old Guard Road revival that happened many years ago. And uh, of course, he's, and he's got uh, kids serving the Lord in many different capacities. And um, yeah, and he and his wife Linda have been faithful contributors to the ministry of this church for many, many seasons. So... That's why I picked these guys, because I thought they might have uh, some insights. Uh, again, here's the simplest question I really want uh, an answer to today, and that's this. Is where have you seen the principle of sowing and reaping in your own life? Where have you seen where you have, um, as I've been talking about this night, dared to plant a seed, maybe a tiny seed in your life or in the lives of others, in faith, and then you've seen it grow and you've seen there become a harvest of some sort. So 
Again, just curious, I'm gonna ask Doug to get us started. You've got the mic here, Doug. Maybe, can you share a story or, or two about where you've seen this happen in your life? Good morning. As I was thinking about this, I began to realize that uh, a while back, there was a saying going through the churches about bloom where you're planted. Uh, and I began to think you need to sow where you're planted. Sometimes we say, well, it's too hard, you know, I can't really share my faith with those around me in, in my office or where I live or where I'm at because, you know, it's just too, too hard. And I began to realize that if we're going to sow, we have to step out by faith. So I want to tell you a story that happened in our lives. Uh, in 1980, uh, my wife Donna and I packed up our three little children. At that time, Dustin was two, and D Daisy, who you might know, was three years old, and Dina was five. Put them in a pickup truck and headed for Central America. Uh, we arrived in Guatemala in the midst of a war. At that time, uh, there was the, the communist infiltration had come through uh, Russia to Cuba and Cuba into Central America. Just a few weeks before we arrived, the country of Nicaragua had fallen to the, the communism and uh, El Salvador and Guatemala were next. And we landed there with bombs going off. I remember one night a bomb went off at the end of our street, shook every window in the house. The door uh, scared me in the moment. And, uh, but in the midst of all of that, we were there, placed there by faith to do a work. And you know, my wife never once said, we got to pack these kids up and get out of here. I never said, we got to get out of here. we got to save our lives because we knew the Lord had put us there by faith. We were going to plant. Uh, my wife never said that. In fact, uh, we hadn't been there that long when one day the doorbell rang and she went out to see who it was and there was a man outside and he very calmly said, is this where uh, Senor Douglas lives? Is this where Mr. Doug lives? And, and uh, she said, yes, but he's not home. And he pulled the gun out, started waving the gun around and yelling that he was going to do all kinds of things to me. And you know, after that, my wife never said, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we were there because that's where the Lord had planted us. Even later on, when one Sunday after we were on our way home, it just happened to be my, my kids and I, and she happened to be not feeling well. She was at home that Sunday, and we arrived home walking because we had been kidnapped by gunpoint, and they'd stolen our car and all of that. And there was never saying, well, I, well we got to get out of here. When you're planted in a certain place, and I don't know where you're planted, you need to be sowing right there. The truth is we saw literally hundreds and hundreds of people touched by the good news of the gospel because we hung in there and stood there and stayed there. And, uh, and so I just want to encourage you. It might be hard where you're at, but sow where you're planted. Live the life. Share it. And let the Lord do the work. I'll share another story later about uh, seeing some of that, uh, what happens out of that. Wow, talk about starting hot. That's great. What a story. <laughs> when the bombs fall, stay where you're planted. That's crazy. It's cool. Well, um, Ron, maybe can I come over to you for a bit and ask, I'd like to hear, you know, again, not all of us go to the mission field. Not all of us are in the middle of a communist revolution. <laughs> and that might not be everyone's experience. But it does show God's faithfulness in all circumstances. Um, Ron, I, I 
wonder if you have any advice or any insights into where God has allowed you to plant and you've seen a harvest in, in your life. Uh, good morning. <clears throat> um, I got some things written down here about this. In one of uh, Jesus' stories, he told uh, about a farmer who went out to sow. And uh, he seeded into a lot of different types of uh, soils. And I'm a farmer, and uh, probably about 45, 50 years of farming, retired now. And I know there are some farmers uh, among us here. I see Phil sitting back here. Uh, He farmed for longer than I did. And uh, Bart, I don't think, is here this morning. Barry and and, uh, Kent and and, uh, Royce and Jeff and all these guys are kind of farmers in our area. And so they know about seeding. And this morning, the, the thought was going to be on seeding. So that's kind of where I'm going. Jesus taught that, uh, he told this story. And, and what he said was that the seed that was planted is the word of God. And uh, so that's where I'm kind of going this morning. <clears throat> when I was uh, younger, I struggled as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, with the idea, with this, with having a time when I would draw near to the Lord on my own, uh, reading and prayer. I really struggled with that. I taught, <clears throat> I taught the Bible to adults and young people, but I just didn't have that personal. I had a real personal relationship with him, but I didn't have that time of quiet, uh, quietness on a regular basis. People told me that I should read the Bible through in a year, and I do that for about a day. And, and uh, they'd, I, they'd have me jumping all over the Bible, and, and uh, you know, it, it just didn't work for me. I'm not that kind of a person. I, some of you that. That probably works for you. I know Doug, he's here. They're working on a two year system right now, aren't you, Doug? Two? Three year. Okay, three years through the Bible. But uh, someone once told me that, you know, can you do it for five minutes a day? And I thought, boy, I might be able to. (laughs) So uh, I started getting up in the morning five minutes early. And I started with that seed in my life. And that has become something that has changed my whole, uh, everything, everything about me, because that seed started to grow. <clears throat> and it, it started to become much more. Like, I don't know if you, some of you are gardeners and farmers and, just show me that you've grown something. <clears throat> Used a seed. You know, you can take a seed. I, canola seed will fit between your fingers like this, and you won't even see it. It'll just squish up. Just this little seed. It's so small. It's just a little black thing. And I've seen those things grow so that, let me stand up. Right up to my shoulder. 
big yellow plant and sprouting out these pods full of seeds. And I've seen that over and over again. And the power in a seed is tremendous. Um, you know, the one, who, uh, the one who created that whole idea of a seed is the one who told us this story. Uh, he told us about the, the seed and the sower. He also told us that whatever you sow, I think you're going to get to that later maybe, are you? Whatever you sow, you will... Is that true, farmers? If you, if you sow lentils, if you sow some weeds with that lentils, what do you grow? Weeds and lentils. What you sow, you reap. And that's the same in our lives. It's what we put into, what we put into our uh, relationship with God. That's exactly what comes back to us. So that's kind of my experience on and And, you know, the relationship now with the Lord, it, it is uh, so much deeper for me. And uh, it's the most precious thing in my life, I think, is that time. I sometimes wonder if when we get to, into eternity, if it'll be that good. If we'll have that kind of closeness with the Lord, do you think? I think we will. But boy, I hope so. That's, is that good enough? Yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Wow, if I, that is such a great, do you feel that's accessible? Some of you said, I don't want to go in the bombs. And then now uh, I think, uh, Ron, you've helped us. <laughs> five minutes. I love where you said, I decided to get up five minutes early. <laughs> and when you said that, I almost laughed because I thought, Oh, that's such a small seed, right? But such a great harvest. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I say that this morning. I know that a lot of you here have, you know, you have your own times that you spend with the Lord, and, and you have your own systems and, and uh, sort of that sweet spot with the Lord. But I know that there are people who struggle the same way I did. And uh, I just thought, that maybe planting a seed in your mind this morning, it might catch and become something greater. I, I use, well, maybe I better wait for a little bit because the questions might... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I, was, I, have, I have a few stories, but I wasn't going to share. I was debating whether I'd share. I'll throw one in here that's... Because I think our stories are being very are very diverse here, so I'm liking that. So I'm going to share another fairly diverse story. Um, it, it, I was, I guess, the seed that got planted in me for this story came through a friend. Uh, he gave me a book, and uh, it was just when I was starting out in the first church I was serving up in northern Saskatchewan, and um, I was part time at the church, and there was only one other pastor, and that was the lead pastor, and. Um, and I would occasionally, very, very occasionally, get a chance to speak on a Sunday morning. And that was a big deal for me. And I think everyone in the congregation felt like, oh, it's the week where Steve speaks. Okay, yeah, we're taking one for the team. Because the lead pastor was a great communicator. Phenomenal, actually. 
Um, and so I would get up and people would go, oh, okay, we're going to be nice to Steve this week. And um, anyhow, this friend had given me a book, and it was called A Tale of Three Kings. And it basically told, it was covering the biblical account of the first kings of Israel, Saul, and then David, and then following him was Absalom, his son, who rebelled against David. And the idea of the story was that when uh, David was under Saul, who was sort of a really bad king who wanted to kill David, David was still loyal to Saul. And then Saul, and then David faced this test later on where his son rebelled against him. Anyhow, interesting account. And uh, anyhow, I had a few years into being at the church, I had um, somebody come to talk to me. I remember exactly where it happened in the church where I stood at the back, and they said, and I think I'd, I'd spoken that Sunday morning, and they said, man, I like your preaching. I wish you preached more than the senior pastor. And it was like, no one had really said something like that to me before, so it was like this huge compliment wrapped around this incredibly da- uh, dangerous temptation. And I remember in that moment, it was like God brought back the story of David and Saul to me. And it was just like, uh, so someone had put a seed in me about loyalty to my uh, senior pastor. And in that moment of temptation, which felt sort of, it felt good in a perverse way, but I realized it was a, a wedge from the enemy. And if, if he could cause a wedge, bet- wedge between me and the only other pastor in the church, it could do devastation in the church. And it was like I, I spotted it in the moment because someone had planted a seed in me. And so I was able to say, no, you know, I'm, I preach as much as I probably should, and, and uh, I'm very happy with what's going on. And you really should take notes when our pastor preaches because he has so much gold in what he says, and I, which is a practice I was doing. I wasn't making something up. And uh, so I just really came back to them with a response that, uh, anyhow, my wife and I were reflecting on how we've sown and reaped in our lives, and we've been blessed beyond. Like you say, Ron, you plant a little seed, and you get so many seeds. Oh, my goodness. Every time we have planted even something small, like a little bit of loyalty, I've seen that been returned. Um, I've had so many people along the way who've um, been uncommonly... uh, They've gone above and beyond in love and loyalty to me that's so undeserved... But I kind of feel like it's God saying, you passed the test and you, you, you stayed loyal. I think I've served under seven different senior pastors in my lifetime. And uh, I tried to be loyal to every single one of them. And now I feel like God has sort of said, hey, I, I'm, I'm giving you a harvest. I'm giving you a harvest in that. I've had so many friends and colleagues and, and, and fellow pastors, even in this church, on our team right now, who have shown incredible love and loyalty to me in all of my ups and downs. And it's been amazing. And I feel like that was a seed I was just reflecting on last night. But someone planted a seed in me, and then I was able to to walk it out. And and then God has blessed it and blessed it and blessed it. So that's very diverse from the two stories you told. So we've got three very different ones here this morning. Well, I want to come back to you guys again. Maybe back to you, Doug. Can we, can we hear again a little bit? You said you, you teased us with some more stories, so please tell us. <laughs> well, uh, Ron's talking about uh, the farmers putting the seed in. As farmers, you realize you just don't go out there two days later and see a whole crop. 
if you've got to wait, you've got to wait for it to grow. And sometimes we get very disappointed. Uh, we, we share the gospel with someone and they didn't, they didn't turn and receive the Lord right there. We pray over somebody and they aren't healed right in that moment and we get discouraged. And the truth is we have to sow by faith, daring faith to sow the word and believe that the Lord's going to work in that. And sometimes we don't see the results of that for a long, long time. Um, I, after moving back to Canada, I made a trip back to Guatemala. I made a number of trips back to Guatemala, and I arrived back there one time, and the, the pastor says, oh, uh, tomorrow we have men's breakfast, and, uh, and, and you're on. <laughs> so, okay, let's go and share with these men. Um, we went to this restaurant, and we went into their banquet room, and as we walked in, there was a fellow seated there collecting the money for the, for the breakfast from everybody, and as soon as he saw me, he jumped up and came over, and he gave me the biggest hug, and he said, oh, uh, Brother Doug, you don't know what your ministry has meant to me, and, and, and he was hugging me, and I'm kind of like going, okay, and I gave him a hug back, and uh, I said, Dios le bendiga, God bless you. I didn't have a clue who this guy was. I did not know. So uh, he sat back down, and I, and I went over and uh, sat down, and, uh, and uh, seated, I was seated next to the pastor, and I leaned over, and I said, who is that guy over there? <laughs> and the pastor kind of laughed, and he said, don't you remember when we went, and he just said a little bit, and all of a sudden, I had a flashback. And he said, Whoa, oh, yeah. And uh, I realized why I didn't recognize this guy. Because the pastor and I had gone to pray for him the last time I had seen him. He was passed out, just drunk as can be, just inebriated, laying on a mattress, half-dressed, and out of this world. And we prayed the prayer of faith. And the pastor said, yep. He turned his life over to the Lord. The Lord set him free, and now he's serving in the church. <laughs> this was years later. You know, you plant that seed and you got to wait for it to grow. So don't get discouraged while it's growing uh, because sometimes we do get discouraged. I'll be honest with you. A few years ago, I, I, I kind of got, I think it was a little bit of attack of the enemy because I started thinking, was it really worth it, you know, all this? I pastored to Melfort, in, up in Melfort years ago. Did I ever plant anything there? I see Seth's here this morning and he was just a little kid in those days. <laughs> Back, did it really matter? And uh, I pastored in Texas, and, and, I, and yet and in Central America, and I was getting, I got really discouraged. And then I got an email, and the email came from, well, years before that, in the 1970s, uh, I had, was pastoring in Texas, and I started uh, a boys club called the WOG Boys Club, Word of God Boys Club, and uh, I stole that from Teen Time, remember? <laughs> Years ago, Ron and I worked at Teen Time. <laughs> they had the WOG, Word of God Boys Club. And uh, this email was from one of those boys who had gone to that club so many years before. He's now a pastor of an incredible little church down in Texas. Uh, and he was writing me, just he, he got my email address, and he wrote, and you know what he said? He just said, thanks, you were there for us. That was it. And all of a sudden, that those, I just said, wow, you were there for us. 
Plant the seed. You don't know who you're touching. And someday somebody will say, you were there for us. I kind of thought, well, I don't know if I really... You were there for us. It's important. Plant the seed. Let it grow. You might not expect the miracle tomorrow, but down the road, you were there for us. It's incredible. Incredible. You know, maybe I'll share a little bit of scripture here to go along with what you're saying, Doug, because I think... We do um, sometimes get discouraged when it comes time to, like when it comes to planting or serving. And when I talk about planting, I mean, there's lots of things you can plant. You can plant words of encouragement or uh, words of truth in people's lives. Uh, you can plant actions. Um, you can plant giving. You know, there's different things you can plant in your life. Um, but I, I thought, you know, we do get weary sometimes. And, uh, and the instruction... In Scripture, is not to grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And so I was just doing a bit of Scripture digging uh, this week. And some of the verses that encourage me when it comes to planting and, and, uh, and uh, expecting a harvest, expecting something good to come out of it. So, and it's, it's mostly just about what the Lord will do. And so these are different things that uh, I think you can take to the bank when it comes to um, serving the Lord and, and uh, ministering to other people. Ephesians 6, 8 says, You know the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. So here's this incredible blanket promise given uh, that every, every good thing that you do for the Lord and in faith, like trusting that God will, will use it, it says he's going to reward you for that. that. I mean, this is incredible to think about all the good things you can do in a lifetime and that none of those things will go unrewarded, that God is actually that um, concerned about uh, rewarding people who do what is right. Um, I think about Jesus' teaching about prayer and giving and fasting. He said, when you pray, and this is true about giving and fasting, he says all of these things in the Sermon on the Mount, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So nothing that you do will be missed or left unrewarded. It's incredible. Um, here's another one. Matthew 19.29. Everyone who has left houses... Now, I always... When I read it nowadays, I read it, I hear the word lost in it because it's not like you leave... Most people don't leave their houses or their families, which is what it's going to say, uh, to follow Jesus. I mean, there can be that element, like going to Guatemala, you would have left your extended family. But, most, but there is people who've experienced how their family has left them. Like when they came to follow Jesus, that that created some, a dynamic in their lives where they really had a great loss in their family rejecting them. So I read it with, I read it with the word lost in here, so I'll just read it that way. And everyone who has lost houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Wow. It's just, again, talk about a seed planted that turns into a, a great big harvest. Now, whether that happens in this life or the life to come, we trust in the one who, who loves to reward and loves to... Uh, he's the Lord of the harvest, Right? He's the Lord of the harvest, so you trust him with harvest. Here's another one that I think was, really encourages me. Psalm 126.5. Those who sow with tears, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. 
You know, sowing with tears takes faith because your feelings will not, you will not sow when your feelings are, are saying elsewise. You need faith and not feelings in that moment to sow with tears. But here's a promise you can hang on to. When you sow and you don't feel it and it's hard, you will reap with tears. You'll reap with songs of joy. You sow with tears, but you'll reap with songs of joy. Incredible stuff. So I, I just think um, God's given us so many assurances in this area to encourage our faith. And uh, just like Doug was, was, was telling us, you know, you got to you know, believe that when you go back and question, I did that too. I said, well, I did this, and I don't know what the outcome was. I did this. And, and so some of those outcomes are hidden for years. Some are hidden for decades, and some are hidden till you hear what God gives the summary in eternity of what he did. And you've, I think we've all experienced that at some level where it's like somebody came back way long later and we were like, oh, wow, that seed did bear, it did multiply, it did turn into something. So I think that's incredible. Ron, I'd love to hear more thoughts from you in, in some of those areas. Are there, are there areas maybe you'd go back to and, and, uh, and invest more or, or sow more or, or maybe just any final thoughts or things that you, you'd like to share with us? Just, uh, I'm glad you uh, used the scripture there because that, as I said at the beginning, that is the, uh, that is the seed. And uh, I had that same one. I use King James for that one. Can I say it in King James yes, language? Yes. <laughs> he that goeth forth, I, I've, I've done this many times when I'm seeding in the spring. And you've got poor conditions out there. The, the soil is dry. Uh, it's not going in very well. Uh, there's no forecast for rain or anything. And you, you uh, borrow money from the bank and uh, get by, you, well, you have your seed probably, but you fertilize and whatnot. And so going out to seed, and this is the, this is the thing I've quoted many times. I've done it over the CB and whatnot. He that goeth forth with weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And it's that way in your life that, that, uh, that uh, you seed every day of your life. You're seeding something you're going to get back. It can be good, it can be bad. The, 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 the side we didn't really talk about is, is that, uh, the, that uh, uh, he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, destruction. He that, when we sow to our flesh, when we sow to the things that we want, our own self-will, uh, criticism, when we sow uh, uh, what? <laughs> On the negative side of life, we reap that. It comes back to us. We wonder why we're getting back these, these negatives in our life. But the reason is that we're sowing the wrong seed. We're seeding poor seed into our lives. And so we get back what we seed. It, it, it actually starts off that little verse with God is not mocked. You sow what you reap, isn't it? 
Is that that's so? Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe I should, let me just read that passage real quick because there's a couple more verses to it. So it's Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And then I love the the last bit. It says, so then as we have opportunity... Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Um, let, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. So it's just talking about sowing and sowing and sowing seed, right? Every time you have an opportunity, sow seed. Sow lots of seed in your life. I mean, if you want, like, I think of another scripture that says, uh, those who sow generously will reap generously. And those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. And so I don't know what size of harvest you want in your life, but I want a pretty large one if I could. And so for me, it's, I, I sometimes have that sense of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give in this relationship. I'm not going to extend myself. I'm not going to encourage. You know, I, you know, I don't, and a lot of times it's, I don't feel like it. But I think when you don't feel like it, that's a bit of a sowing to your flesh. When you press through that, it's sowing to the Spirit. And that's where you see a greater harvest. Doug, you got Just, some insights uh, you want to share? When Ron was talking about that seed being so small, don't minimize on what, the, what you're sowing. Uh, just a, a cheerful look, a uh, 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 good encouragement. Uh, Older people encourage the youth. Just some good words just cause you to can cause a a, a young person to uh, just spring up and produce fruit. That you'll be the grandparents or the great grandparents of the fruit that's coming down through the uh, 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 through the ages. Um, sometimes when I thought back and well, did we really? I have no idea of some of the things that were planted and were planted and were planted. And uh, you, you never even knew it. But don't despise the little one. Just th- that your character, the way you're living, and the and and uh, your neighbors knowing that you're not the miserable, grumpy person next door. You're happy and you're joyful, and you have uh, you're winning. Uh, you're on the winning side because and and all of a sudden that little bit of seed might open something in them. Any final thoughts? You guys are. Great. Let me, let me just end with this scripture here. 2 Corinthians 9. And, then, and you alluded to this already, Ron, which is great. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. And then it goes on to say, God loves a cheerful giver. Or I could say maybe God loves a cheerful uh, seed sower or planter. <laughs> and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So he didn't say having all you want, but all that you need to abound in every good work. So God has, before you were born, planned for you to do specific good things. And the Bible teaches that. And he plans to resource you enough to do those good things. 
so that you can not just do a little bit of good or plant a little bit of seed, but you can abound, abound. You know, I have a little thing at home. This is, my, this is as close as I get to being a big-time farmer, and it's really pathetic, is I have this little, like, seed caster thing, and it's just a handheld. It's not even a push one. Come on, it's terrible. And anyway, I've this little guy, and I, I put grass seed in there. When I need to reseed my lawn, I go out, and I spin the little dial thing, and it goes, Psh, and it, so it's as close as I get to the fun. You know, look at this. You know, I'm playing farmer on a very tiny scale. But there's something about all the seed that goes spraying in those moments. It's just like spray seed everywhere. And not all of it will take. But when some of it hits good soil, watch out. Yep. And that's the same in your life. You're going to cast a lot of seed and some of it's going to hit rocky soil in other people's lives. But some of it's going to hit good soil. And when it hits good soil, watch out. God will use it. One more thing. Go for it. Uh, I was just thinking about uh, this year. We had uh, we we seeded into some fairly dry conditions, and we had a field that uh, uh, we seeded canola in it. Uh, Kent did, and I see him right over there coming in right now. And uh, there was about I think it's a 150 acre field and. Uh, uh, the, the one side is really good soil, and the other side is a pile of sand. And uh, so he, he seeded it, and the good soil, it came up really good. And the pile of sand came up really thin, I think, didn't it, Kent? He just about wanted to reseed it. He, he was asking me, what should I do with this? Uh, you know, he, once in a while he asks the old guy uh, what to do. And uh, I said, oh, let's just leave it. it. I think it'll be okay, you know. It's, and uh, it got hot, and the stuff that came up really good, it got kind of ahead of the other. The other just kind of sat there and sat there. And don't you know if uh, it got so hot that the, you had what you call flower blast, and the canola flowers just quit. The stuff that was up on the pile of sand, it started to grow. And it, like, it, it grew into these big, bushy canola plants. So on the one side of the field that was so good, it went, I think, about 30 or 35, didn't it, Kent? And on the north side, where it was a pile of sand, it was about 50 bushels to the acre. You never know what that seed is going to produce when you, when you plant it. And you never know, just like y you think you've got it all figured out and it just doesn't. And so much of the Lord's work is like that. You plant a seed and you just never know where that is going to take root and uh, something good is going to happen. This is the seed. This is the good seed. When we plant what's in here into our lives, uh, it's life-changing. It can change the, the, the most hopeless of situations. It can change it because it's the story of Jesus. I like to read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John, lots because those are the words of Jesus that he, he teaches us these great truths. I read everything else too, but 
Those are my go-tos. And if you're new to the Word of God, I recommend that you hit, hit in those areas first. Matter of fact, if, there's, uh, if you don't have a Bible here this morning, there's one right in front of you in the, in the pew. Uh, take it home with you. Steal it. <laughs> Write in it, uh, stolen from Apostolic Church, and put your name in it. And uh, we'll be glad that you did. That's right. <laughs> Let me upgrade that offer a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to steal it. You can, you can take it. But here's what I would say is an upgrade. Is if you are taking home a Bible today from the, from the bench, come and find one of us. And we'll, we'll write in it. Uh, yeah. We'll write in it today. And we'll set a mark for you in that, to encourage you that this is the day you began to engage the Word of God. This is the day you began to sow seed in your life in anticipation of God bringing a harvest. So we'd, love to, we'd like to just write a little bit of a, uh, an encouragement in the inside of your Bible. Catch one of us three, and we'd, we'd be glad to do that. Doug, final words? That's it. All right, let's pray. Lord, you have been so good in our lives, and you, are, you continue to be good, and you, and you stand ready to reward faith, faith in you. You stand ready to re reward uh, when we trust you and we uh, attempt great things for you and, and we expect great things from you. So, God, we, we want to um, be those who uh, hear the seed of the word. We want ourselves to be good soil. We want it uh, to have an incredible effect in us. And then we want uh, to have so much seed to sow in the world around us uh, that we can, we, can, um, we can just boldly and confidently trust that you're going to bring a harvest. Thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. You're the one when we, when we plant a seed and we, and we look at it and we wonder if it's going to sprout or we wonder if anything's going to come of it, that you're the Lord of the harvest and that you are the one who um, causes it to be watered and you cause it to, to germinate and you cause it to... Uh, to to explode into life. I thank you for um, so many of us that uh, there were seeds planted even before we were born for our lives in others who, in faith, believed. I thank you for many of us we can point to friends or family who uh, believed God for us to walk with you. And... Uh, and they prayed for us, and they encouraged us, and they stood with us when we were discouraged, and they planted well. So we praise you for how uh, others have planted in our lives. We praise you the, the dynamic that we can trust in, that we will reap a harvest if we sow in faithfulness. And then finally, our greatest gratitude goes to you, Jesus, for how you planted in faith. You were explaining your, why you came to die to your disciples, and you said that unless a seed dies, it remains alone. And you were planting your own life as that seed. And the church around the world that is vibrant and growing and, and expanding and the gates of hell have not been able to contain it, that is your harvest. That is your harvest. We are your harvest. So, Lord Jesus, we praise you for being the seed. We praise you for 
dying so that we could have life. We praise you that we even celebrate that in baptism today. We honor you most of all. This isn't just some dynamic of uh, you do this and that comes back. It's not not a mathematical calculation. It's the work of God that we get to partner with, that we get to participate with you in the things that you are doing in our day. So, Lord, we want to be a part of it. We want to dive in uh, with all that we are. And thank you that you welcome us as partners with all of our flaws, with all of our our hang-ups and difficulties and, and personalities and good days and bad days. You welcome us as partners in planting in your kingdom. And so we just praise you that Uh, We can do this, and that you stand ready to reward. We give you praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.